We'd like to say good morning to this congregation on this lovely, beautiful first day of Tabernacles 2022. What a blessing it is to be here. Now, whenever a preacher, you know, preachers don't have a good reputation. So I, that sometimes rattles me. They don't have a good reputation, probably for many reasons. Jesus called them hireling preachers, hireling shepherds. It reminds me, maybe you've heard the story of the little boy, small little boy who overheard his Baptist parents talking about their preacher. And he heard them say, this is the poorest preacher we've ever had in this church. Well, the little boy thought about that and thought how sad it was that this preacher was so poor. So he started saving his money, nickels and dimes, and eventually he got $5 saved up in his little piggy bank. So he took that proudly into the service one day. The end of the service, while the preacher was standing at the door greeting the folks, telling them, good morning, the little boy handed the preacher, much to the surprise of his parents, his little bank full of money, $5. He gave it to the preacher and said, I'd like to give this to you. The preacher said, why, Sonny, that's very nice of you. Why would you want to give me money out of your piggy bank? And the little boy said, because I heard my daddy and mother say that you were the poorest preacher we've ever had. <laughs> now I'm going to set this clock for a certain amount of time. If I finish before you do, raise your hand. And we'll see what we can do about that. Congregation today... We are here to magnify the name and the honor and the glory of Christ, our Savior. And I know that as we gather here for Tabernacles, we can truly say, and I know I share this thought, and I know you do too, I am here, you are here, we are all here by the grace of God alone by faith alone, by Christ alone, for the glory of God alone, by Scriptura, the Bible only, alone. We're here because grace is the unmerited favor of God upon ill-deserving ill sinners. And faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. By grace alone, by faith alone, by Christ alone. By Christ alone. When we were dead in sin, 
before we ever knew Christ, he knew us and died for us by Christ alone. And for the glory of God alone, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 29, let no flesh glory in their flesh. God, to God, accrues all the glory. And finally, sola scriptura, the Bible alone. We believe, as all Christians throughout the centuries have believed, that God has given us an inerrant, divinely inspired, providentially preserved word of truth. Absolute truth. The Bible is absolute truth. We live in a world that does not believe that there is absolute truth found, but I'm telling you, truth is in God's word. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. 2 Timothy 3, 16, 17. So we know that there's a, a, a marvelous blessing in being able to be assembled with God's children. What a blessing it is. And to think that God has made it all possible. What a blessing. We are so grateful. If we could all be turning now in our Bibles, we're going to be turning to the Psalmist David, chapter 11, and we'll be reading from Psalms 11. If the congregation would be so kind today, and I think it would be good for us to honor God's word by standing. Boys and girls, we are now reading the Word of God. And we all should know that this is a divinely inspired Word from heaven. Joining our voices together and filling the sanctuary. The word Lord is in capital letters signifying that it is the Holy Tetragrammaton. The great I am that I am. Together, verse 1, In the Lord put I my trust. How say ye to my soul, flee <clears throat> as a bird to your mountain. For lo, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow upon the string, that they may privily shoot at the upright in heart. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? The Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. Eyes behold. His eyelids try. Fountain of men. The Lord trieth the righteous, but the wicked in him that loveth violence his hateth. Upon the wicked he shall rain, rain and brimstone and a horrible tempest. This shall be the portion of their cup. For the righteous Lord loveth righteousness. 
God our Father, we thank you for the Word of God enduring, divinely inspired, preserved throughout all ages. Thank you, Father in heaven, for the revelation of your Word from heaven that we, your covenant children, may know that your Word is true today, tomorrow, and a thousand years from today. You speak an unchanging word that remains constant throughout the ages. For that, we humbly thank you in the blessed name of Christ and ask for the Holy Spirit to guide this lesson to its appointed destiny in your will and purpose. In Christ's name, amen. amen. <clears throat> Congregation may be seated. There's a lot to unpack in Psalm chapter 11. And every verse contains a lot of truth. But we're going to pull one verse out of this text for a lesson here. And the question is raised in verse 3. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? That, my beloved, is where you and I are today in America. This is where all of our European family members are located, and this is where they are. The foundations of everything that was once dear, precious, holy, enduring, is dissipating, diminishing, disappearing, vaporizing before our eyes. In my lifetime, the lifetime of many, many gathered here, we have simply watched America slip away. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? My folks, dear fellow men and ladies, this is a relevant question. In the face of the foundations disappearing, the foundations upon which the Western world, America, the British Empire, the Commonwealth, and all the European nations, all the entire Western world has been resting on the foundation, the foundation of a belief in a divine God, supreme God, in a revelation of His Word from heaven, the Bible. God, a belief in the Bible, the incarnate Son of God that came into the world to save His people. The choice of a people from before the foundation of the world. These are the building blocks, the moral fabric that made the Western world marvelous, wonderful, and enabled it to rise above the nations and kingdoms of the world. And now today we see it all slipping away. And we want to grab our children and we want to embrace our little ones and say, God forbid that they should grow up in a world where there is all the beauty that we have known taken from them. This is a serious moment for all of us to be living in. There's never been a generation who have lived quite like the moment we're passing through now. 
And I can certainly assure you that no generation of Americans have ever witnessed a more wicked tyrant sitting in the Oval Office than we see today. And no generation of Americans have ever witnessed the depth of the debauchery to which the American people are now willing to go. At least a good part of them. God forbid that all would follow in that train. So the question arises, if the foundations be destroyed, and the question is, what can the righteous do? Those are relevant thoughts that we need to deal with here today and tomorrow and for the remainder of our days on this earth. Rebuilding foundations that are being rent asunder. Because what God said a thousand years ago is as true today as it was the day he uttered it. What God has said 10,000, 20,000 times over in Scripture is as true today as it ever was. And nothing is going to take it and make it less than absolute truth. We're going to ask you, if you will, to turn to Romans chapter 1. And let's try to figure out quickly how those foundations were broken up and dissolved so quickly, so very quickly. Just to think about it, there was a day and time when every European white man and woman were anchored in the faith of Christianity planted their whole lives on the foundation of biblical truth. And they carved out the nations of the Western world and blazed a trail across the entire Western world with their faith in Christ, anchored in His Word, and a belief in the truth of God. We'd like to look at Romans chapter 1 a moment here. And if you'll turn there in your Bibles, we will go to Romans chapter number 1. And we'll begin at verse number 18. So if you could be so kind to turn to Romans chapter 1 verse 18. And read with me out loud, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who show the faith in righteousness. Because that when they, they be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it unto them for the invisible things of him from the foundation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. We have arrived at a time in history, beloved, when the Bible tells us, back in Romans 1, 2,000 years ago, 
there was an entire Western culture, the Roman culture, that had lost its way. They had the Christians in St. Paul's day had diminished the truth of God to the point where they could look at the visible world around them and still live in denial of the existence of God. They could view the grandeur of this literal physical world and turn right around and spitefully look to heaven and deny the existence of a sovereign God. They denied the fact that if there's a design, there must be a designer. If there's a create, creation, there must of necessity be a creator. So in denial of God, they denied the very foundations, their, their denial of an omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent, all-powerful, supreme, eternal creator was the first step into the foundations being broken up. And it happened a long time ago. Evolution made its way into the Western world in the middle of the 1800s. Charles Darwin wrote his Origin of the Species and the Descent of Man between 1859 and 1871. So it all began with the denial of the out of the outright denial of God, looking at his visible created world, and any idiot would know that it's going to take more than just chance, random chance, to put the myriads of and mysteries of the entire universe and of the created world and just believe it all came about by chance. Only a person who has lost their mental stability could ever go down that road. That was our first step into the breaking up of the foundations. The denial of a sovereign God. Simultaneously with the arrival of evolution in the middle 1800s, there was an assault began against the Bible. It's called the higher criticism. The higher criticism, higher criticism began to assault the validity, the authenticity, and the veracity of the Word of God. And so little by little, we're chipping away at the sovereignty of God as the absolute supreme word from heaven and for the Holy Scriptures that are the guidebook, the manufacturer's handbook for how to live life and live it successfully and honorably on this earth. So now we're in the middle of the late 1800s and we're living in a Western world now that's beginning to cast doubt about the existence of God. We're beginning to live in a world that is denying not only the existence of a sovereign God, but the very Bible that God revealed to his children 
that was to be their rule book, their handbook, the manufacturer's handbook for life, was also being diminished and carved away in disbelief, skepticism, agnosticism, communism, and every other ism that you can think about. Because when we deny God and the authority of His Word, and we no longer worship Him and revere His Word, we're going to find new gods to worship. We were created to love and worship God. If we fail to love the true, living, holy creator of heaven and earth and all things therein, we will very shortly find another God to take his place. It may be money. It may be lust. But we'll find another God. Very quickly. And so... We turn to verse 21 now, and let's read verse 21. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Now, they knew God. They knew that there had been a God. The, the idea of a supreme, omnipotent, omniscient, omnipresent God is a fundamental truth that has guided the Western Christian world for hundreds of years. The revelation of that God in the incarnation of Christ was the central building block of the Western Christian world. The idea that a holy God would reveal himself unto his children in the person of Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. That was the foundation upon which Western Christian infrastructure, including marriage, family, children, church, community, nation, and everything good about it was built. We lost it because we refused to glorify God and thank Him. We became an unthankful, ungrateful, forgetful people. America ceased to be, America ceased to be good when it ceased to be godly and grateful and thankful for the God of their fathers. And so we became an ungrateful, unthankful people, not like ancient Israel of old. Let's move on to verse 22. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God 
into an image made like into corruptible man, and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. Now those words simply remind us that when a nation no longer believes in a supreme sovereign God, when they have denied the authority of His supreme absolute word, we call it the Holy Scriptures, the Bible, and when they move away from those realities, the true reality for this world is to know and believe God, the Creator. And His Word, that is the true reality. You turn away from God, you turn away from the Bible, and it's a pathology right into debauchery and to the pit. We just read these verses now, beginning in Romans here, where they went from a denial of the reality of the God, the reality of His created world. They denied all that created world. And they denied... They denied God to the point where they were no longer thankful, no longer grateful, no longer appreciated what God had given them. In fact, they became totally separated from God. And so they created themselves new gods. Verse 22 and 23 is all about idolatry. When we fail to serve God and make God the priority of our lives, beloved, we will find other priorities replacing our first love of God. And God is calling His people in every generation back to their first calling to love and serve and worship and obey Him. And in doing that, we find the true path to life. Israel has never been a people that could handle prosperity and abundance and hold on to their faith. They have been too willing, too often, to sacrifice their faith in the pursuit of material abundance and the accumulated efforts to gain wealth. And that's where America has been for a long time. We've created all kinds of gods, not only the God of money. Church, is it not idolatry for 50,000 people to gather into a Colosseum and worship non-white football players and pay the money they pay for those tickets and consume all the alcohol that they will consume 
This is just one more of a plethora of idolaters and idolatries that are being followed in America today. The God of lust. How many million pornography, pornographic sites are now on a cell phone? How many eyes among the Israelite manhood are losing their spiritual way in life by the abuse, misuse of the cell phone? Shameful! It's a God. It's called the God of lust. So we become an idolatrous nation. The path to the destroying of the foundations has followed a pathology for over a hundred years. But every pathological road leads to a final demise. And we're moving quickly down that path. Let's read on. In verse 24. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Now, here's what happens. When a society denies God, denies the reality and authority of His Word, when they turn away from truth, absolute truth, as found in the Bible, and they no longer are thankful for the one true God, they've created their own idols to worship, they are then ready to move into the next step of their pathology toward judgment. They are now into a state of reprobate behavior. They have no moral conscience. Their conscience is now seared as with a hot iron. With no sense of guilt no longer believing they'll stand before a holy God in judgment, believing that life is just one happy eat, drink, and be merry experience, they become inebriated with empirical living by experience for the moment. Living. And that's where they are. So that's where America and the West has been now for some time. But we moved quickly from that into something far worse. Let's read on. Let's read on. Verse 26. For this cause God gave them unto up unto their affections. For even their women did change the natural use 
in that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. Now we can watch and observe right here out of the Bible that America followed this trajectory. And you all remember a day and time when homosexuality and feminism was unknown in America. Unknown in the Western world. Now, I believe, this is my private belief, but I believe that when it says that um, the women departed from the natural use of the woman, followed by the men departing from the natural use of maleness, you have the, the twin pillars of feminism and homosexuality arriving. It's been around for a long time. But I grew up in a world that denied both of those as being an acceptable path. I hardly knew what a homosexual was when I graduated out of high school. And the word feminism didn't even register with me. But it was already cooking in the oven. So now we have already passed. This is all past. We have moved deep, deep, profoundly deep into the reprobation of homosexuality and feminism. And we are seeing the repercussions of that debauchery. It's very apparent in American and European society today. And so we see where we are moving now deep into this reprobation. We are now moving into this pathological step of complete moral and spiritual collapse. Our churches are merely shadows, skeletons of what they once were. Preachers are afraid to talk against the sins that are destroying America. Amen, amen. The, the pulpits have become all too silent because hireling preachers hired to preach, do not want to offend their congregations. They want to tickle their ears. May I remind this congregation that sin remains unchanged by definition. And sin is a horrible thing. It will send men and women and boys and girls to hell. And that is why Christ died, that he might save us from the judgment to come. It's called the wrath of God. 
There's very little fear of God in the land today because we've lost. Once we deny God, the authority of His Word, the reality of who God is, then we no longer, we no longer have a sense of guilt and a sense of standing in judgment before a holy God. Shame on us. Shame on America. Complete moral and spiritual collapse. That's where we are in Romans 1. That's what happened in the Roman Empire. That's what happens to ancient Israel. When you have a, a people that are entering into total moral and spiritual collapse, the foundations upon which they once existed are dissipating and falling away. So let's read on now. Let's go back to verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do things which are not convenient. So now, God gives them over to a reprobate mind. We think that might mean when God gives a people, a generation, over to a reprobate mind. You might think of the word depraved. A depraved mind where they absolutely reach a point where no form of evil will satisfy their hunger for sin. There's nothing they can find to do that will satisfy their state of reprobation. So when they have devoured themselves, I'm speaking of adult men and women, they turn on their children. They call it gender dysphoria. And so now they're taking innocent little lambs who are under the compulsory bane of public education and their parents are allowing them to enter into a public school in more in some of the more liberal institutions of this land and they're actually performing abusive surgeries on these little children in the name of gender dysphoria because homosexuality feminism and all the other evil ill that they've created no longer satisfies them now they want to feast on their own little flesh, their children. So we're going to use chemical castration on our little boys who, said, who, who can be coaxed into saying, wonder what it would be like to be a girl. And we, we set a woman on the Supreme Court that won't even deny, define what a woman is. She, she denied that either she could or would not 
define what a woman was. And now they're saying, what is a man? Nothing will stop the fill the satisfying desire for wickedness. When a, when a society has become, become depraved. When it's depraved, it will, it will know no depth. So now we're going to perform hysterectomies on eight-year-old girls. We're going to fill them with puberty blockers. This is not merely child abuse. This is a heinous crime against children. How can this happen in a nation that once revered God and loved the Bible? And when a nation becomes depraved, it's called insanity. America has become an insane asylum. And the leader of this insane asylum is as crazy as all the occupants of his asylum. Thank God for those who have said no, no, and no. Not me. And I hope that's everyone in this building. I hope that's everyone. Let's read on. Being filled, verse 29, being filled with all unrighteousness. For, now here, here's the ultimate end. Fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death. Amen. Not only do the same, but have the pleasure in them that do them. Now that is what it means to talk about the foundations being destroyed. We face a nation now with the moral, spiritual foundations having been broken asunder. So the question that arises at this festival is what can the righteous do? Amen. And this is the relevant question for you and I and our families here that have gathered for tabernacles. Because we are in a day of decision. This is a day of decision we live in a very divided nation. We have those who believe varying degrees of belief in God. And so there's an assortment of people who still are unwilling to go into this moral debauchery. And there are remnants within that body that are godly people. Now when... God was ready to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham knew that that judgment was coming. He was concerned about his nephew Lot. You know the story in Genesis 19. 
Now, Abraham bargained with his creator all the way down to if God would find ten people in Sodom and Gomorrah, would he spare that sinkhole of iniquity? And you know that there was not ten people left in Sodom and Gomorrah. There was no longer even ten people left that would be called righteous. You all know where the word righteous comes from and what it means. St. Paul tells us in Romans 10, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Saved from what? The wrath to come. America's facing the wrath of God. And when the wrath of God is turned loose, it will come suddenly, it will become, it will come with a vicious rapidity accelerated beyond anyone's imagination. Read the story of the fall of Sodom and Gomorrah. Now God rescued Lot and part of his family that were rescued on the basis of Lot's life. He vexed himself with their unrighteous ways. What caused him to remain there, I do not know. It's a mystery to me. But he lost everything in the end. His descendants, Ammon and Moab, became spittle. And everyone living in America today that does not make the right choice and come to grips with their own life and their lifestyle and what they're doing and how they're living faces the ultimate wrath of God. It's called judgment. It's coming to America. When I do not know but I think it's underway now. So what can the righteous do? Because we're, as we move into moral reprobation and we deny God, God begins to let us have full opportunity to live in moral debauchery while we watch our material abundance and our way of life disappear before our eyes. And now we have these people that have lost their way, living in deranged minds that actually believe and have convinced themselves they can dispense with reality and that we're all going to drive expensive electric cars and recharge them on what they do not know. And they forgot that all electricity is produced by fossil fuels. At least that's my understanding. Electricity is not just a mythical substance. They mine things out of God's earth. It's called fossil fuels. And God tells us to do that. 
But once you lose your way, you deny God, you deny His Word, you deny reality, you lo- you're really lost. So we're living in an insane nation. we got to figure out how we can use the keys to get out of this insane asylum and create our own path. And our own path is to divorce ourselves from this wickedness. Come out of her, my people. Revelation 18, that ye be not partakers of her sins, that you receive not of her plagues. For her sins have reached unto heaven, and her plagues are everywhere. But there is hope. There is hope. You are saved by the clock. And so now, I merely have to exercise technological knowledge and press my thumb there, and the clock stops. That's good. So, I want to tell you this. If I talk again, we're going to zero in on what kind of a foundation we need to build. Because the foundation that I perceive of essentially remains unchanged. It's what our people have always been doing. Believing and trusting in the sovereign God. Believing in His Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Trusting Him for our salvation. By grace alone, through faith alone, by Christ alone, for God's glory alone. By scriptura, sola scriptura alone. That's the path, beloved. Godly marriages. Multiplication of our beautiful children. Building a family, a Christian family. Shielding them from the debauchery. And building God-fearing family units that reflect the kingdom of God in their home. The path forward is not going to change, beloved, for those who want to do what's right. It's doing what our people have always been doing. Not waiting till they're 35 to get married, but starting a family early and adding a children And letting God decide when and how many children will come. Well, I better not not get on this path anymore. So let's all be standing.